0: and he's worthy. Amen. Amen. Isn't it awesome as we celebrate the, the birth of our Savior and, and the fact that we've been offered the ultimate gift. I mean, really, think about it, the ultimate gift. I, I'm not sure what you got, you know, last week, what you unwrapped, but uh, uh, I know several people who have already taken that back. <laughs> You know, and, I mean, they were thinking about it when the paper was still on. You know, we are just taking this thing back. But if you ever get the gift that God's offered you, you'll never take it back. Okay. And doesn't it just seem like we're just constantly unwrapping it? You know, like, 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 like you're never really done coming to, to the fullness of the awareness of what it is that God has done for you. You know, but this, this gift, it wasn't just some gift. It was not some trinket that we put up on the shelf. But this that we've received, it's the ultimate gift. It's the ultimate gift. The ultimate gift has a couple of characteristics. You know, it, it, the ultimate gift, it, it, it's a reflection of the character and the personality of the one who gave it. You know, you got some gifts this week. You didn't have to have a tag that told you the, the name of who it was. You could just look at the gift, and you knew who that was from. You, you, you could see it in the gift, right? And, and, and uh, uh, the ultimate gift, not only does it give a reflection of the one who gave it, but it meets the deepest needs of the one receiving it. And, and you know, when, when God sent his son, Jesus, when he, when he gave us that tremendous gift, he met our deepest needs. You know, and we talked about it last week, how that, you know, the shopping cart, you know, and that's our life. And, and we're filling the cart with the stuff we think we need. But can I, can I just remind you this morning that what we really need is found in the presence of God. Amen. All that other stuff is fine. Okay, go get your position. Go down the aisle of position. Work hard and get your, get your position. But you're not going to find fulfillment in the position without God in the middle of that. And you can go down the aisle of possession, and you can load the cart up with all kinds of stuff. And the stuff, there ain't nothing wrong with stuff. God's not against you having stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff having you, right? So, you know, and you get your cart just filled with possessions, and and, and yet without without God, it's still an empty cart. And, you know, we go down the aisle of adventure, and we love, we love adventure, and we love having a great time, and we love seeing new sights and going places and, and, and enjoying new experiences. But the ultimate experience is going to be found when you're living the life that God's made ready for you to live. And the relationships that we have, thank God for relationships. You know, Proverbs 18.1 tells us that anybody who isolates himself from God or man is, is unsound in his judgment and he's seeking his own desire. And, and so relationships are important, but without really uh, developing the, the God relationship, without getting into a real intimate relationship with God is still nothing. Here we've received the ultimate gift, but a lot of us, and, and, and you know, and you can just keep looking straightforward right now, but, but, but a lot of us, even, even though we've received the ultimate gift, we've, we've yet to unwrap it. You know, we got a t-shirt and a bumper sticker, but you still got a nasty attitude. And, and there's still areas in your life that God is just longing to reach in and to bring health and healing, restoration and renewal and a, and a refreshing to our lives. And what we need to do is just continue to unwrap the gift that God has offered us. And we need to celebrate the fact that because of that gift, we've got forgiveness from our past. You know, I know a lot of times we get all hung up on what we've done and where we've been. We're all in that place. You know, I, I don't know anybody... Maybe Shelby, but nobody else that's like perfect. You know, but because you're in Christ, the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's new. Old things have passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. I mean, if you're going to believe the word of God, believe this. You're new. You're not who you used to be. And sometimes, you you know what? You just got to remind yourself that as he is, so am I. Man, I'm in, I'm in Christ. I am redeemed. I am righteous. Well, I'm I'm really trying to be righteous. You you don't try to be righteous. You either is or you ain't. Right? You're not you're not sort of righteous. You're not halfway righteous. That's, that's like saying you're sort of married. You're either married or you're not. And if you're sort of married, your spouse is in deep yogurt. Hello, somebody. But because because of forgiveness. From our past, man, we are new. And we've got help, this, this gift that God's given us, we've got help and strength in our present. We, like Paul, can say, I'm ready for anything equal to everything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with an inner strength. I have what it takes to demonstrate Satan's defeat. All things that pertain to life and godliness he hath given me, past tense. I got it. He's given me everything I need to live a life that pleases him. Come on. Man, it, as you get ready to enter a brand new year, don't you ever don't you ever question your righteousness again. No, you know, we were we were we were singing with with the angels this morning about his holiness. But, but he has sanctified you. He set you apart. You are a holy nation. All we got to do now is, is receive the gift. You know, if you can receive it, you can actually start living it. Not only do we have forgiveness from our past and help and strength in our present, but we, we have security in our future. Your future, God's got it all planned out. You know what Jeremiah 29, 11, in, in the message says? He says, God knows what he's doing. How many believe that? God, God knows what he's doing. He's got it all planned out and he's going to give you the future you hope for man don't you be hoping for some little itty bitty future don't don't hope well i hope we make it i hope we make it no you better hope for more than that god's going to give you the future you're hoping for so you, you need to stretch yourself and start believing big and and put a draw on the power of god don't, don't come to church looking for pity come to connect to the power Amen. I just want somebody to feel sorry for me. What happens if you actually get that? Nothing. I mean nothing because the guy's feeling sorry for you. He's whining about you when he walks away. He's looking at you going like, you sucked the life out of my balloon, man. (laughs) ain't no joy to be around that guy. I'm going the other way. And then you wonder what's wrong with everybody. It ain't everybody. You're looking for pity instead of operating in power. Amen. For we are His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we might do the good works which He created us to do. That we would live. That we would take the path which He made ready for us, so that we could live the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. God's got it all worked out. I mean, think about it. When when Jesus was dealing with with, with the devil in, in the wilderness, in the wil- and the and he kept coming up to him and, and and tempting him, and every single time Jesus started his rebuttal with with this line: "It is." written it's already written he's got it all planned out he already knows what he's going to do all we got to do is receive this gift it's the ultimate gift and he's meeting your deepest needs so you don't have to worry about you know what's going to happen who cares what happens now he declared the end at the beginning Right? There's a way that, that seems right to you, but the ends are the ways of death. See, we get we get all, all, all freaked out about the way. Well, it seems to me this is the way we ought to. Don't focus on the way. Focus on the end and let God direct the way, and you'll have a collision with your God-given destiny. And well, Yeah, but my mistakes, we've all made those mistakes, but your mistake is not bigger than God. Oh, hear me today. God knows how to get you exactly where he needs you. And you're looking, you're looking in the cart and you got stuff that you wish you could get rid of. You, you have things in your cart, you know, that you're pushing along, you keep putting other stuff in there trying to hide it. You're trying to cover it up. No, God's going to take what the enemy intended for evil and he'll turn it and use it for good because God's good at that stuff. Amen. And the thing that should have knocked you out is going to be the thing that God uses to lift you up. And, and he's going he's to use that in your life to, to demonstrate to the world that, that no word from God will ever fail. You know, that, that, that marriage you're in right now, it doesn't matter that it's your 19th one. God can give life right where you're at, right? It, it doesn't make any difference how many times you've gone bankrupt. God's got a plan, and it's to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and future. Right, so instead of instead of you know focusing on the facts, because a lot of the facts you know they're, they're against you, but the truth is for you. I mean, remember the wise men. Look, look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. and It said, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem uh, in the days of Herod the king, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, and, and, and they were looking for him. And where is he who has been born? King of the Jews, for we have seen a star in the east, and we've come to worship him. The wise men, see, they, they, weren't, they, they weren't seeking facts. They'd been to Herod, and they kind of picked up on Herod's scheme. And, and, and they weren't seeking facts. They were seeking truth. See, wise people will seek the truth. Just just go after the truth. Go after the truth. Get after God's word. If you're going to be a follower of Christ, then then you have to be a seeker of truth. Right? And, And what has the power to set you free? It's the knowledge of the truth. See, it's not just the truth by itself, because the truth has been around a lot longer than we have, but a lot of us are still in bondage. But, but it's the knowledge of truth. I'm telling you that when you become a seeker of truth, that truth will take the chains of bondage off of your life. And all of a sudden, you'll begin to operate in a level of life like you've never known before. Because uh, Jeremiah 29, 13, he said, you know, when you're seeking me with all your heart, when you want it more than anything else, you're going to find me. If you will be a seeker of truth, let me tell you who you're going to keep running into. You're going to continue to unwrap that package. You're going to learn things today that you didn't know yesterday. And when you know what you didn't know, you can go where you couldn't go, and you can catch what you couldn't reach, and you can accomplish what couldn't be done before. So you want to be a seeker of truth. These wise men were seekers of truth. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. You know what we got to do? We got to be like the wise men, and we got to experience the joy. Man, it's one thing to be a seeker of truth, but come on, you need to experience the joy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life. Life in abundance to the full till it overflows. Some of y'all need need, need some joy up in your life. Come on. You know, remember that scripture that says, uh, uh, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Don't get caught with your praise down. Come on, come on, get get that thing back on. As you get ready to enter a brand new year, you you ought to be just, I mean, out of your mind with joy because just as you look back, I mean, you look back and you see what God has done and you look ahead and you see what he's got planned and you know his hands on you right now, we ought to have joy in this place. I mean, think about it. Just look around us and, 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 and I don't know. It's so weird that in the middle of all of this, there's still people who have little issues. Well, my clothes got dirty at church. Yeah, look where we are. You know, you you can't get in and out of this place without getting some sheetrock dust on you. You know, it's like it's like being weirded out because the wind's blowing. Dude, we live in tri cities. It's gonna blow. Right? That's not no big shocker. Yeah, but I've had some hard time. In this world, there's gonna be tribulation. But be of Good cheer. Come on, somebody, get happy in here. I think we ought to give God a hand right there. You know, the wise men, they, they were seekers of truth, and they were, they were, you know, they were experiencing the joy. And, and you know what else they did? Look at 2 Corinthians 9.15. I think this is awesome. 2 Corinthians 9 it says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. A gift that words cannot describe. Man, you, you know what? you got to seek the truth. you got to experience the do- joy, but you need to recognize the gift. You need to constantly recognize what God's doing in your life and be a guy that's giving thanks to God. Thank you, God. I mean, you know, yeah, it's the enemy's duty, you know, to, to try to bring in something like a sideshow distraction to, to, to get you to, to look at something that's, that's not the way you would have liked it. But don't forget how good your God is. Come on. He's been good to you. He he is an awesome God. And he's worthy of our biggest, longest, most determined praise. Amen. Yeah, we get we get caught up just like the world does, you know. And and we got that cart, and we're we're heading up and down the aisles, and we keep putting stuff in the cart, and and, and we think that well, since God's for us, and then then my promotion, I got Jesus, so my you know when when it comes to my position in life, I ought to get a promotion because you know hey, I bet you know I go to church one point four times a month, and and, and I tithe. Will I give? 0.07 percent, and and you know, and, and I'm doing all the all the right stuff, and God owes me after all I've done for Him, and He He ought to give me a promotion. Now you you're always late, you never do your job to the best, you're always complaining about the boss, but you think God ought to promote you. Well, God God's plan is to prosper me, so 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 my possession list ought to be going up and up and up and up, and, and, and we just like the world, we get focused on on making sure that what we got is more than than, than the Joneses. And we, and we end up thinking, you know, just, just, just like the world, we, we end up getting pulled over to their way of thinking and, and thinking that, you know, that life ought to be nothing but an adventure and, if, and God loves me and God wants me happy. So even if it means breaking God's ordinances and breaking his law, he, he, he's going to bless my life and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know real happiness. Happiness is based on happening. So happiness de- is determined by what is happening. I don't care how goofy you are, someday something bad's gonna happen. Hello? But joy, now that's a different matter. Because joy, uh, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So you need to mature so that your life can constantly produce joy, right? Yeah. And we, we keep getting our cart, our, our cart, you know, and, and relationships are awesome until people start bumping into our cart, and, they, and God forbid they reach in there, because don't don't you mess with my stuff. <laughs> don't, don't 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 even look at it like that. That's that's mine, and I know it's better than yours. Now I feel sorry for you, but you can't have mine. And then we we're, we're wanting God to bless us like we were living like a wise man. We're not really seeking truth. We're just seeking, we, we, we don't want the truth. We just want to prove we're right. I'll just look down. <laughs> and, and we come to Jesus hoping he'll fill our cart instead of coming to Jesus so we can empty it. And the way, the, the way we ought to live you know, it's like wise men. Look at, look at chapter 2 of Matthew, verse 11. It says that when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. See, most of us come to him looking for a gift. But wise men come to him, and they bring gifts to him. You know, uh, we don't have time this morning to go into into these three gifts, but they're they're pretty awesome. Gold, frankincense, myrrh. Gold, you you know, is a sign of royalty. Frankincense was a very expensive incense that was used during worship. Myrrh was an ointment that was used uh, in, in the preparation of burial because Jesus didn't come to live. He came to die. And, and, and they brought these incredible gifts. And, and, and it wasn't just a little bit, but they, 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 brought, they brought all of this stuff to him. But I think as we get ready to uh, go into this new year, what we need to do is maybe have a, ha- have a mindset that, you know what, I'm not going to come this year to see what I can get. But I'm, I'm going to bring my cart to God this year. And I'm going to do my best to empty it. And I'm 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 gonna take the relationships, and I'm gonna let God rule in my relationships. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the adventure, and I'm gonna make sure that God's the center of every single adventure in life. And and I'm gonna take my possessions. And I mean, like never before. I'm going to empty out my cart because I'm going to tell you something that that uh, God, God will mess with you here. He'll he, he, he'll blow your mind here because as you're trying to get your cart empty, I'm promising you that God God is is His desire, right? And His plan. He already knows what He's going to do, but he, He's going to prosper you, so you you can't outgive God. Amen. So. So and don't, don't, don't think that all we're talking about is your money. No, your possession, you know what, it's your time and your effort and your, all your resource. And your position, man, leverage that position. Because you got to remember that, see, before he formed you, he knew you, and he sanctified you, and he ordained you. In other words, he had a dream about the future, and he saw where you were going to fit. And, and, and he started shaping you to fit that. And he's, he's allowed different things into your cart because he's got a plan. And, and, and that's what it means when it says he's sanctified. He's made you different from anybody else. You got some stuff in your cart, ain't nobody else got. And, and, and when you present that to him, he can use it for his glory, and it'll, and it'll change lives, right? And he's ordained you, and he's empowered you to fulfill his dream. So you need to bring your cart to Jesus, not, not, not in an effort to fill it. That's his role, that your, your effort is to empty it. And to give it, and to present it to him, and to deal with those attitudes that are trying to get you to hang on to what's in your cart. Come on, a lot of times, you know, uh, uh, just you know, let's just talk about church life for a minute. Well, you know, man, it just seems like they just want our time and they want our money, and they no, no, don't hang on, don't hang on with a death grip. How about we get a life grip? God, if there's something in my life that you can use, use it. Take it. Use it for your glory. Amen? You know, I'm telling you that that doing life God's way is the best way. You you, you can't create a better end result than the one that God has planned for your life. You can't do it. So so you you just have to, you know, uh, lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. Dude, it just sounds like Bible, don't it? You know, we, we just got to go for it because, because he's got a plan. He's got, yeah, but I don't, I don't have much. But you know what's awesome is that God loves to take little and do a lot with it. I mean, it's just one of his favorite things to do. You got to always remember that little is much in the master's hand. You know, this week you got to go back and you got you to get to like John chapter 6 and read the story. Most of us know the story, but, but, but we really need to read the story. Remember when Jesus was, was out there and he had his gang with him and, and, and he looked up and he saw that a great crowd had come. And, 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 uh, uh, and he starts asking his, his guys, he, you know, he's talking to him about, hey, uh, these guys, you know, there's, there's 5,000 men here plus women and children. Because, you know, back then they didn't count the women and children. They just counted the men. So some scholars say that it, it was anywhere between 18 and 22,000 people that were gathered there, and Jesus looks at the guys, and he says, uh, hey, what do you got to feed them? What do you got? And the disciples are like, I hate it when he does this. You know, because you know how, how people are. Sometimes they say one thing, but they really mean another. It's like Shelby. Well, you don't have to freak out. It's just life, and she'll say, she'll say something. And I know that's not really what she means. She's meaning something else. And and if you're smart, you don't have to ask her like nine times. You just do what she meant. And then life is good. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? Don't let y'all looking at me like I'm in trouble. I'm not in trouble. I'm a seeker of truth. And then them them dudes hanging with Jesus, you know, they're, they're like, you know what he just said? We're supposed to feed these people. Tell you what, Jesus, send them away and let them get their own. Isn't it sad when the church has this mindset? Send people away and let them, let them take care of themselves because, you know what? Man, I'm struggling here. When I look at my cart, I'm not sure I have enough. There's, there's 5,000 men plus women and children, and you want me to take out of my cart? And one of the guys pipes up and he goes, hey, there's a little boy here who brought a lunch. Let's empty his cart. <laughs> it's just like the church. You know, Jesus, and you know, what's really cool is that when you read this, when you read the story, it said that Jesus asked him these things to test them for he already knew what he was going to do. Can I just submit this thought, and I hope that you will wrap your heart around this reality today. God already knows what he's going to do in your situation. He already knows what he's going to do in your situation. He's just running you through the test. You know, I know, I, I, I don't test very well. That's what the boys used to tell me when they were taking the driver's license exam cuz you know they they you know they they struggled you know with that written test part they could drive like a house of fire you know they were like jehu they drive us furiously but, uh, but they they could drive but it's just the we don't test good you know and, and and i remember one of them one time that that i dropped him and his mother off at the door because you know going into dmv can take like a day and and they 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 were walking in and i was going to go park the car and by the time i found a parking spot they were coming back out already and and uh shelby shelby just had that Mom look on her face, and, and, and the, the boy, he was, he was mad. And he got, got in the car, closed the door. It didn't go very good. I hate that stupid test. And I just looked at him and said, why don't you read the stupid book? <laughs> you know, hey, if you're going to pass a test, don't pass the stupid or fail the stupid test, right? <laughs> you know, you want to pass the stupid test. If you want to pass the stupid test, all you got to do is read the stupid book. You know, hey, hey! if you're tired of failing the test, maybe you ought to read the book. Huh? Jesus said it. He, he, he asked in these things, and he, but he already knew what he's going to do. God already knows what he's going to do. And you're, I just love that fact. That God, God's not shocked because of the strange circumstance that you're dealing with. He, he already has it all planned out. Man, we got to get this. He's got, you, you understand the liberty, the freedom, the boldness that'll come into your life when you recognize God's got it all planned out. And I've had a conversation with God and I know where I'm going this year. Not afraid to dream big dreams. Why? Because he's got it all planned out. Yeah, but look at the opposition. Opposition doesn't matter. He's got it all planned out. And so Jesus, he took that little boy's lunch, right? Got to get back on track. He, he took that little boy's lunch—just a, just a couple loaves, a few fishes. You you know you know the story. You know he blessed it, and then he broke it. Then he turned around and he hands it to the disciples, and he says, "Okay, go feed him." I hate it when he does that. I got some crumbs and half a fish, and take twenty-two thousand divided by twelve. These people are going to kill me. Can you imagine just the the experience? You want to talk about an adventure? As they would break off a chunk and hand it to somebody, and before before they could get it out of their hand, whatever they broke off grew back on. And the guy started off with a chunk of fish, and he's got three of them in his basket all of a sudden, and he's like, "Good Lord, this is nuts. God's just performing miracle after miracle after miracle. We know we know we know that they were all fed. They were all fed. From a lunch from a little boy. When they made the count, 5000 men plus women and children. The little boy didn't even count. You might feel like you don't even count. Your life doesn't even matter. You're the one God loves to use. Man, They don't even consider me. Yeah, but you're the, one, you're the one that God loves to use. God loves to take lives that don't count and make them matter. And in 2015, let me tell you what God's going to do he's going to give you influence and impact in areas where you didn't think you mattered and the difference is going to be made in your life and it's going to impact multitudes if you're willing to empty your cart remember the end of the story when jesus said okay now let's make sure that nothing's wasted god's the ultimate steward he don't like waste you know, a lot of times what God has put in our cart, when we refuse to surrender it, it just ends up wasted. God's not into waste. And he had him gather up the baskets, and we know the story that there were 12 baskets. And, and all my life I've heard preachers say, you know, there's a basket for every disciple and so that he'd carry it home and he'd look at it and remember, and I call foul. There was a full basket for every disciple to take to a little boy who had invested his lunch so that each one of them could say, here, this is is your return. They watched a miracle, and in reality, I think they missed their opportunity, but God already knew what he was going to do. God already knows what he's going to do in your life. But don't, don't, don't miss your opportunity. But bring your cart and empty it out. Give of your life like, like a wild man. And watch what God will do. And we've been in this thing for a long time, and, and I've never met anybody who's just pouring themselves out for the purpose of God that ended up sorry they did it. Ever. Ever. But I see a lot of people standing on the sidelines complaining because everybody else has a full basket. Yeah, my basket's not full. Well, then you might as well empty it. I mean, if all you have is $5 left, you might as well give it to God. I mean, what's, it's not meeting your need. If all you have is broken relationships, well, you might as well give it to God. All you have is emptiness and hurt. You might you might as well surrender it to God. Because I'm telling you, the little that you've got, God can do much with it. But you got to get it in His hands, and out of yours. Amen. Come on, give God one more one more praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I, I, I want you to I want you to close your book and bow your head, and we're going to.